Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. Today, my guest is Mary Jane Hanlon. Dr. Hanlon is the Senior Vice President for North America of Promethean Dental Systems, the Associate Dean of Clinical Affairs at Tufts University Dental School, a coach, speaker, and mentor to dentists, and previously owned her own dental practice for 15 years. Mary Jane, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ross. Happy to be here. You have quite a resume. You've done a lot. Very, very impressive. Why don't you start from the beginning and tell us how you ended up in dentistry? So I don't know how I ended up in dentistry. I just came home one day and said to my mom, mom, I want to be a dentist. And she she looked at me because nobody in my family was in medicine and said, why? And I said, I don't know. I guess I just want to help people. She gave me the best piece of advice I've ever gotten from anybody to this day. And she said, well, don't you think you ought to go find something out about it? Make sure that it's a lot of time to spend in education. She said, make sure you like it first. First time I walked into an orthodontic practice and started working after high school, I fell in love and I've been in love with dentistry ever since. Wow. So uh, that's pretty fascinating. So you've done a lot. You've owned your own practice. I have. Uh, you've taught or you currently teach in dental school and you're a part of a new company that's changing things around the world. So it's an interesting evolution. You went from practice owner to educator and then now to what you're doing now in addition to education. So kind of talk about that evolution of your of your career. You don't see that often. So it is an interesting evolution. In fact, it, I just happened upon Promethean last January. One of the challenges that we have in education is, is and I know we talked a little bit about it in the pre-show, but we have students that get into dental school that aren't 100% good candidates for dental school. They may be brilliant, but they don't have the eye-hand coordination. And we find the same thing happening in dental hygiene programs as well. Every single educator I've ever talked to has said, expressed the same opinion. We always have students that will end up getting into the clinic. They're pushed along, pushed along, pushed along. They get to the clinic and they really don't know what to do. So they have to go through a remediation process, and it's an extremely expensive process. COVID-19 has really impacted us quite a bit as far as, as educators are concerned. You know, many educators are older, and they're doing it for a way to give back and to provide you know, some of their expertise to the next generation. Well, COVID kind of really impacted many dental schools across the country um, severely because what's happened is they've all retired. So now you've got a limited faculty base and you've got students that need to be remediated. And it costs a fortune to do that because you have to have one-on-one -on -one 
uh, integration between the student and the, the faculty members. So with Promethean, what we have done with our dental simulator is provided modules for the students and they can do it self-service, just like a computer, turn it on, you know, work for a couple hours doing repetition boosting and objective grading where they can see how they're being graded right on the screen. And then they get instantaneous feedback and the faculty don't have to be there 100% of the time with them. So it's a great service. So it's interesting. So you had your own practice and Mm -hmm. then it sounds to me like based on what we talked about before, you know, you kind of been there, done that, you've done it for 15 or 20 years. Then you went and you had an MBA. So Tufts came to you and said, hey, we'd like you to come on faculty and work here. And now and you've been at Tufts how long now? Well, I just left Tufts in, in July. So um, I was there eight and a half years. So, eight so and a half I'm years. just. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so then you're like, OK, I see Tufts is great. I see education, but I see how we could build a better mousetrap, if you mm-hmm. will. Yes. And so that so that's about Promethean. So you've had a long time in the dental industry. So and you could probably take this question several different ways. What kind of wisdom would you impart to someone younger in the in the dental in the dental industry? So I think the biggest thing is to get everything you can out of your education. Because I see a lot of students not maximize their educational opportunity while they're there. And so what happens is they get out and then they have to spend a bloody fortune to educate themselves on specific techniques. For example, we don't teach dental implants in dental school. There's a bunch of different reasons for that. But right now we're not teaching our students how to place implants or they are learning how to restore them, but they're not learning how to place them. Well, in the big scheme of things, placing an implant can have a financial impact on your practice and actually help you do a lot better financially than if you don't place implants. So they really need to learn how to do that. I was advocating for that, but unfortunately, we couldn't get a program started. So I would take students out and and take them on trips overseas to, to learn how to place implants because I felt it was really important. And really, you know, really critical to their career success. So I think maximizing your educational experience and getting everything out of it is is one of the most important things they can do. So as someone who's been in the education or is in the education world and you have these these students who come in, would it be your opinion that every student should own their own practice or do you feel like not everyone is wired to do that? Not everyone is wired to do that. And I think, quite honestly, most graduates are afraid to take that, that, and rightly so, to take that burden on right away. And I think that many go to DSOs, they learn the ropes for the first two years, and then they come back, and then, then they decide whether or not they're going to own their own practice. So basically, it's, it's up to the personality of, of the dentist or the, you know, yeah, the dentist, whether it's male or female, it doesn't matter. You know, if if you have a proclivity to be an entrepreneur, it makes much more sense for you to have your own practice than to work for somebody your entire life. But it all depends on what you're it's important to you. Well, you mentioned DSOs. We couldn't have mm-hmm. a conversation about dentistry without talking about DSOs. What is your take on the world of DSOs and everything that's going on? You know what? I think there's a place for everything. And I'm sad that DSOs weren't, you know, ingratiated into organized dentistry early on. I think that it's important that we understand that not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and it's okay. 
It really is okay. There's a place for everyone. And and you're doing a service just by providing care to someone, whether it's in a DSO or in a private practice. No, that, that's a fair point. I, I We live in this entrepreneurial culture where entrepreneurs are kind of worship like gods. And if you're not an entrepreneur, you can almost feel like you're second class when that's not the case at all. Not at all. So let's talk about Promethean and, and kind of what you guys are doing to, if I could say so much as flip dental education on its head. Talk a little bit about that. So we started out with the vision that we want to provide education and technology on all phases of a dentist career and a hygienist career. So what does that mean? So that means first phase is there's five different phases we've outlined. First phase is treating the the student that is in the pre-dental space. And by that, I mean, they're getting ready to apply to dental or dental hygiene school. Well, we know based on some research that we have done, about 2% of those students really do not have the eye-hand coordination to be accepted to do well in dental school. They may be brilliant but they still do not have that eye-hand coordination. So we want to be able to assess them before they apply to dental school so we can give them feedback and say, you know what, this might not be the best career for you. Because the alternative is to go through two years, three years of dental school, only to be asked to leave or step aside because you can't do the job. And now you're 500 plus thousand dollars in debt. And what are you going to do without a career, a a degree at that point? So that's phase one. Phase two is the the entire life cycle of a dentist and a dental student and a dental hygiene student. We find every single year, there's always a couple of students in every class that can't make it through. Those students need more hands-on direction from more guidance from a faculty member. Well, as I shared earlier, faculty members were a big loss for us in in dental schools across the country during COVID. So we need a better way of dealing with some of these remediation cases with students. And the Simidont fulfills that by giving them self-guided repetition boosting and the ability to, to assess for themselves exactly how well they're doing and to repeat the process over and over again in their own time frame. You know, it could be many of the students we had practicing until 11, 12 o'clock at night because that's when they felt like they could get the most work done and could concentrate. Third phase is dental licensure and dental hygiene licensure. So the licensure exam process has always been a very subjective process. When you have humans grading the exam and humans involved in the exam, it really impacts it by making it a lot more stressful. You have students that are saving, quote unquote, saving patients for their senior year because they have a perfect lesion. Well, quite honestly, that's unethical. So in my humble opinion, as well as the ADA has and the American Student and Dental Association have all agreed that we really need to start eliminating the live patient exam. So the patient exam hopefully will be going away completely um, within the next couple of years. But we have states across the country that still believe that uh, a patient exam is the only way to test. And you told um, me earlier, what's the only other, other industry that requires an in-person or in-person exam? Hairdressers. 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 So that's that's it. <laughs> yeah. Physicians don't have to take a patient exam. So to me, it makes no sense. And 
you know, the experience of going through a patient, you know, feedback as far as, you know, it's, it's, it hurts here, it hurts there. That's not a legitimate point as far as I'm concerned, because that's what happens in surgery all the time. When a physician treats a patient, you know, they get the feedback. And if they're not being licensed with the feedback, what difference does it make if a, a dentist is licensed with, with on a mannequin or simidon? It doesn't. There's no difference, no difference whatsoever. So the fourth phase that we have is continuing education. And then the fifth phase we have is remediation for practitioners who have complaints filed against them with the border reg- state board of registration and dentistry. And, you know, unfortunately, those are difficult cases. Um, we do have several that are come to our center in Athens and, you know, they've been there for a week. So it's not simple cases. And there's a lot of feedback that we give the state boards on how they've done. So now walk me through this a little bit. Is this to replace all continuing education further post-graduation or is this to flip dental school on its head and basically Promethean would be a dental school or is a dental school that you could go to at home? No, no. That is certainly not the intent of the founding of Promethean Dental Systems. It's actually to support dental education. So our vision is to have centers all across the country. So if you're a student at a dental school and you have to be remediated, let's just say you're running into problems, you could come to a local center. Let's just say it's in Boston and I'm still at Tufts and I have a student. I would just call the Boston center, say, I have a student that needs to come for X amount of remediation. We would set up a program that student would show up. They go through the process. Automatically, the faculty would be getting analytics and reports on how that student is doing, how long they spent, how well they did, whether or not they had to repeat like things over and over again. Are they making the same mistakes when they're prepping their teeth? All of that analytics, we don't have in dental school. It's just subjective feedback from a faculty member looking at your prep. In essence... In many respects, it's almost like tutoring with a third party, um, but but more high tech with better feedback. Well, because we grade everything on the Simidon, we have a program that takes the ideal preparation and compares it to what you do. And it mirror images over one another and down to four tenths of a decimal point, we can measure accuracy. So there's no question in our minds whether or not you passed a quiz or you passed a test or you passed your licensing exam. It all is right there in the in the documentation because everything is videotaped. Everything is is photographed. Oh, wow. And so Promethean has been around for how long now? It actually just started January 8th of 2020. They started formulating in 2019, but launched officially last year in January. But you guys are growing like crazy, right? We are. We are. How How many locations nationwide? Right now we have three and we have plans for 10 additional this year. So I anticipate within the next couple of years, we're going to have, well, and it depends on what we, we have a couple of things under, under uh, wraps that I can't talk about, but we may be up to 65 within the next two years. And this could fundamentally change dental school education, could it not? It could. It could. It actually, so I anticipate that 
many of the dental schools, and we have about 10 in the country right now that have the Simidon dental trainers, but I anticipate that we will have them in most dental schools because it's going to be a necessity within the next five years. And the dental schools, they're, uh, they like the idea. They don't feel threatened by it. So this is always the challenge that we have with faculty members. What happens is they don't like to learn something new. It's a challenge for them. They don't really, especially technology. Um, unfortunately, many, of the, like I said earlier, many of the faculty members are on the older side and it's hard for them to learn something new. So what we have found is that we have to have a champion in the school that's young and understands that technology is here to stay and understands the analytics and wants to support the program. And so when we have a successful champion like that, the program really takes off. Makes sense. Makes mm-hmm. sense. So with all your years of wisdom, I think I would be an absolute mistake if I didn't ask you what advice you would, and not just one thing, multiple things. What what have you learned in all your years that you wish you would have told you know, 28-year-old Mary Jane uh, from the dental Uh, industry, like what wisdom could you espouse to all the younger people listening? So I think number one is that you really have to understand business. You know, dentistry is very different from medicine. And I hope it always stays that way. And that's one of the, the reasons why I keep telling our younger generation to get involved in organized dentistry, because quite honestly, if we are not protecting this profession, it's going to go by the way of medicine, and well, it's going to change everything. You had legislation that was just recently almost passed. Yep. It still hasn't passed yet, but one of the things in there was to put met dentistry and Medicare together. And uh, exactly. And, and what and a if, nightmare. Well, and I mean, if you talk to a physician, they will say medicine is the career of diminishing returns because Medicare payouts just drop year after year. And so that's what will happen to dentistry if they went down that road. So that's a great point by you. Yeah, exactly. And what we're finding, too, is that, you know, people, patients in general misunderstand what dental insurance is. It is not like medical insurance. It's kind of like having a gift card. You know, you pay $1,500 and that's all you're going to get back. Now, when we started dental insurance back in 1958 in Massachusetts with the Massachusetts Dental Society, we started Delta Dental in Massachusetts. And back then, $1,500 was the limit. Do you know all these years later, it's still at $2,000? So it's nothing more than a gift card. So they didn't put a cost of living adjustment on there. Nothing. They have added nothing. And in fact, we're getting back less and less every single day. So in my mind, stay away from dental insurance. I think that we're, we're seeing a huge exodus out of providing dental insurance, whether or not a and I think companies are, are staying away from dental insurance as well, because quite honestly, they're not getting what they need back from it. So their employees are not getting what they need. So why even have it and why spend the money on it? Because it's actually very expensive to maintain. So learn business. Learn stay, business. Stay out of insurance. What else? Uh, get involved in organized dentistry for sure, because I think that the more involved you are the and more you understand the political landscape, that's the best way you can, the best thing you can do to protect the profession in general. And, you know, there are a lot of lethargic people that don't get involved, but, you know, you only need a couple of whippersnappers and, and they'll stay right on top of it. So, you know, I hope that at least two to 
you know, 10% of, of dentists that are graduating every year get involved. Okay. What did you learn or what do you wish you had done differently when you were in private practice? So I think understanding HR uh, is a big deal. Understanding how how to navigate some of conflicts with your staff and your employees. When you have a good team, don't ever give it up. You know, do what you can to support them. And um, because a good, a well-oiled machine will serve you really well for many, many years. My team was with me for 10 years and it took me a little while to find them. But boy, the last 10 years of my my career, I had an unbelievable team and we just worked really well together. So I think HR is a big thing to learn as well. So all those things that we don't have the time in dental school to spend time on. So, for example, we do have a, a practice management course. Every dental school does. But unfortunately, a student doesn't have a way to relate to that. So you, here you have somebody that's learning about, you know, insurance claims and, and submissions and figuring out how they're going to pay off their student loan debts and buy a practice all at the same time, get married, settle down, buy a house, all of those things. They definitely need a financial advisor to, to help them navigate all that. Because if you get too far down the road in debt, on top of your dental school education. And the dental school education, dentists in general are a great risk, from what I understand. In the banking world, they have no problem rent giving us loans to buy practices. But you have to make sure that the cash flow meets what your needs are going to be. And, you know, it's basic math. That's, that's good advice. What would you say uh, the most important thing you could tell a younger version of yourself from a personal financial standpoint? What would you what would you say? Get started early. Get started early. I had someone in my life who who showed me the importance of that and I didn't start for about 10 years after he had kept saying to me MJ you need to do this MJ you need to do this. And of course I was in a you know as I actually didn't start dental school until I was um 35. So by the time I graduated I was 40 I had a daughter who was in um, middle school and, and, you know, mortgage to pay all that kind of stuff. So I didn't get started as soon as I had wanted to. So I think that, that, that is, is critical. Don't delay, you know, even though you may only have $200 to put away every month, put it away because it makes a huge difference. It absolutely does. And, you know, one of the challenges is you see, you know, People, when they start making a certain income, they they want to live a certain lifestyle, something we call lifestyle mm-hmm. creep. Yep. And, um, you know, spend what you want to spend where you want to spend it, but just save first. Yeah. Save yeah. first. So let me, um, two questions here for you. What advice would you give a brand new dental school graduate? Uh, go where you're needed, not where you want to be. You will pay back your student loans in five years rather than 20 you know, anybody, everybody wants to be in downtown Boston or New York City or, or close to any downtown city, wherever you are in the country. But I will tell you, the places where you're going to make the most money is upstate Maine, upstate New Hampshire, Western Massachusetts is dying for dentists. There's shortages of dentists in, in every single state in this country. Go there. But travel where you want to go. I mean, travel where you want to visit because it just doesn't make sense 
not to set up a practice where you're going to be busy. It's really, um, there's it, too much competition. It's really fascinating you say that because I have a client who he was looking to open up his own practice and one of his uh, suppliers said, hey, check out this area right here. And it was a rural area about 30 minutes outside of town. He lives in a nice sized town, about half a million people. It's about 30 minutes outside of town, kind of a rural area, no competition, and he is absolutely crushing it. Yep. 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 And he has I keep telling students that, but sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. And if you're listening, I got to tell you, it makes all the difference in the world. You won't be spinning your wheels. I wish I had known that because before I got my MBA, I graduated and I wanted to be in the town that I lived in. And it was a, a very, I had no idea what a market plan, a market research was. And I didn't do any kind of analysis on how many dentists were in town. I just knew I wanted to be close to where my daughter was and pick her up after school. And so if I had done the research, there was 65 general dentists in the same town that I had my practice in. And it was always, you know, it was a well-oiled machine. We had a great practice, but could it have been a lot better? Absolutely. Right. So I'm a big reader. I like to read a lot. So I ask everyone on the show, uh, have you read any good books recently? Or is there a certain book that you would recommend? Always start with your why. Simon Sinek. Yep. Yes. That's a very- start with your why, because, you know, when the days get tough, you got to you got to have your reason why to get through them. Um, it's it's not it's not you know, it's not always uh, it's not always easy. No, uh, nothing, nothing good or worthwhile ever is. Um, right. So now if our listeners want to connect with you, where, where can they get a hold of you at? So Promethean Dental Systems, it's MJ at Promethean Dental Systems dot com. My cell phone is 617-690-8884. Yeah, say that cell phone again. 617-690-8884. I think people would be crazy not to reach out to you and pick your brain as someone who has who has gone down the road ahead of them full of wisdom. We're going to have to shut it down okay. here for today for today. I could ask you questions for probably another hour and you could probably give me oodles and oodles of wisdom. I I really appreciate your time today, MJ. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Ross, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, you've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brandon. Have a great day. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brandon, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brandon, visit rossbrannon.com. Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0L10073. Arkansas Insurance License Number 16139032. 2021 1195 
Expires 423. That last part can also say 2021 119535, expiration April 2023. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664, Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311-850-562-9075. Securities and products and advisory services offered through PAS member FINRASIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License Number 16139032, California Insurance License Number 0L10073, 2022-131758, expiration 124. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.